0: You're listening to Trade Secrets with Oliver and Denise. If you work for Microsoft, you can't share operational secrets with someone from Apple.
1: Yeah, that's true. But in relationships, though, it's a little different. We should share the good, the bad, all of those types of things that help our relationships to grow.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. And I feel like the information shared in these conversations will do just that. So let's dive into today's episode. Good?
1: I'm good.
0: You hesitated.
1: You know I'm getting over this (laughs) whole thing. So to our listeners already, sorry if you hear me sniffling, coughing, Clearing my throat, I'm still working through this. You're
0: getting better, though.
1: I am getting better. I have my tea, so we're
0: good. So we're good. Hey, listen, we are um, excited to uh, with the guests that we have today. Right, Um, been looking forward to talking um, to this gentleman. Um, And so we're just going to jump right in. We're not going to do a lot of talking. Who do we have
1: today? We have, and I hope I say this right. Paul Boshe Williams. He is the owner and operator of his private practice, Mm -hmm. Hearts and Mind Counseling, where he specializes in individual counseling, corporate counseling, as well as marriage, family, and couples counseling. Very, very busy man. So we appreciate your time today. Thank
0: you for taking the time out to talk to us. We're
2: we're grateful. Thank you.
1: Did I say your name right?
2: Yes, perfect. That was perfect. (laughs) <laughs> thank you. I, I see the all types of versions of my name. And I'm like, no, it's Boshe. <laughs> so, thank you. Good thank
3: you.
0: Absolutely. That's what's up. And and you know what's what's interesting is that when I started following you, it was uh our good friend Kwani mm-hmm. who's who suggested that we that we link up. That was one of the first things that I was like, okay, how do you say it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I saw the spelling and you you say certain things and and, you know we're funny as human beings man we don't take the time to really kind of figure out what's what we just say whatever we think it is Mm -hmm. you know so I can imagine you get a whole bunch of pronunciations man listen let's let's jump in there are a you have a a wide but very interconnected Mm -hmm. uh, set of offerings that you have but before we talk about those, what, what was the journey that kind of led you to this space that you find yourself in?
2: If I think about the journey. So as a young boy, you know, you grew up a lot of dysfunctional relationships around mm-hmm. you, whether it's in your home or not. And so I didn't know what my family's relationship looked like, my parents looked like um, in, in real time. So mm-hmm. all I saw is what I saw. And that's all I knew. So when I would see different things and my father wouldn't be home for a while and I would hear the stories that he's at work or I would see my father come home with flowers or a flower. So I started to create this thing. I said it has to be more than this. As a young boy, I was creating like these fantasies of what marriage should be and what love should be, because some some parts of that I was missing. So I okay. created myself. So I'm the only boy in the house and. There's my mom, there's my sister, and then my my girl cousin and all their friends. And I always was, a lot of times I was left alone to, by myself. So I knew that that's not how I wanted to feel growing up. Mm-hmm. So if I saw, again, if I saw one flower, I created this thing and my father bought 24 roses. And so I started to write in that sense. And mm-hmm. as what up. And then I learned about what the dysfunction was happening within my relationship, so I said, I gotta fix this. This can't, mm. I gotta be different. My relationship has to be different than what I just found out about my parents' relationship. And so, and I also thought that I could help them. And then I was like, let me help everybody. And that's when I got into the field and just like, all right, marriage and family, social work, you know, grew up in the hood, so how can I give back? Everything was about giving, about purpose. Uh, just about creating a different way to relate with other people. And so that led that. This journey.
0: Hmm. I love that. Yeah. I, I love that because it, um, and we were talking about this, right. That often our passions come out of a certain experience. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we don't always think about what that, process was. Right. So we see, you know, um, an individual like Bache, right? And we see what you're doing and we don't often wonder what's the backstory. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked to a, another individual and they were just talking about how just out of, just out of the pain of their experience birthed this, uh, this vision and this passion to help individuals bypass that pitfall mm-hmm. you know and so that's what that's what I love about that because you know it's not always oh this was just you know I was built for this and right. I was made for this right. and this is you right. know <laughs> you know sometimes it's something we experience and out of that we're like you know what I, I think this is what I'm called to do to help individuals steer past you know something that I saw yeah or and
1: I like that because it makes oh it makes the person like yourself Bache, more relatable yes because everybody whether they want to admit it or not have some type of some form of dysfunction in their families mm-hmm. right and so when you have someone that is more relatable you're more prone to steer towards that person listen to what they have to say glean from that person yeah so i love that
0: yeah that's yeah. good i um there's so much, right, I, as I was kind of looking, and I've been following you on Instagram for a while, but there's so much that that you do in, in preparation for this. I, I, I really was scratching my head being like, man, what do I want to dig in on? And I think one of the things that I want to touch on as it relates to the work that you do mm-hmm. is the the concept of love addiction mm-hmm. right we were talking about that yeah right?
1: so love addiction explain to us what what is that like how can how do you recognize that in someone how can can someone recognize it or is that you pointing it out to someone is that something that i can probably come up with and figure out that i have this love addiction or what are the steps that you take to recognize that in someone
2: so there's a clinical definition of it that I'm going to stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so we can all be on the same page as far as like relating and understanding with whoever's listening to this. Yeah. So I know Common came out. And he talked about he had love addiction. Mm-hmm. And so love addiction is, it, I can tell you, as somebody who's like literally addicted to the honeymoon phase. Mm. Mm, gotcha. The time when something comes up and says, "I need to challenge this," or this is uncomfortable. They don't know how to handle that issue. They don't know how to address it. And they feel like they're taking out of the relationship, like, oh, it's not. Let me just go find somebody else mm-hmm. because I'm not feeling love and not understanding that part of love it comes with consequence and correction in a discussion that sometimes it's uncomfortable because love is to act through those things. Mm-hmm. But the love addicted person just they they just feel like the world is over when there's any type of conflict. Mm. And so mm. they might be searching for that love while they're in a relationship with someone because they're constantly needing to feel loved. And they describe what that love is. as sometimes an unhealthy and a toxic um, type of thought process they have or experience. And so they're constantly telling them, I, I need this, I need this, I need this. So you're not giving me enough. You're not giving me enough love. Mm. And this is what love is to me. If you can't do this, then we need to end the relationship. And then I'm, I'm seeking, I'm constantly, and I can't just settle. And that I need to um, be able to love myself. So I'm not dependent on someone else. Wow. I love that.
0: That's, that's interesting because that actually explains a lot. When you think about the transition that we make from what individuals call the honeymoon phase to that period of time where I guess the rubber meets the road and you really got to dig in and, Mm -hmm. and invest in that relationship, what are what would you say is, and obviously there is a, a wide range and gamut of things that you would need to do to work towards that. And you talked about the process of loving yourself, which I would imagine would be one of the very first things that you would have to work on. But for that person who's listening, who's like, man, I, I think I may be, that may be me. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be the first, if you will, step Mm -hmm. to uh, beginning to
2: work on that? I think acknowledgement of what's happening. Like if I replay the tapes, because we do that, right? We replay the tapes to fit our narrative though. Mm -hmm. So let me really look at what happened in my last relationships. Let me look at where this love came from and what I expect and my expectations, my standards, whatever that is. So let me examine that first. Mm -hmm. And let me see, is this process damaging to me? Am I having the same outcome to every relationship that I'm having, if I could look at that, I think that's the first thing to do. Okay. And then once you notice that, maybe reach out to a professional, maybe, you know, there's some books out there, um, but really start to have the conversation. Like we need to talk about it to somebody who can help us. Not somebody that's going to continue to tell us that we need to, this is everybody else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that we rely on our friends to support our toxic ways or our negative thinking or whatever that is. But you need to have that friend that can kind of say, hey, maybe it's you sometimes or maybe what did you do? What's your responsibility, accountability? Um, So those are some of the steps. And I know that's broad, but it shows up differently for everybody, for for different people. So sometimes the love addiction keeps you in a toxic relationship because you're struggling and you're stuck in that relationship and you're holding on to that one thing. We talk about trauma bonding mm-hmm. because people's thought process, that's what love is. So mm-hmm. they stay in these relationships because that's what love means to me. Love is abuse. So I'm addicted to that because hitting me means that you love me. So I'm addicted to that type of love. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. anytime we get into addiction, it's always a negative thing. So we have use, abuse, addiction, and dependency. Those are all different things. Mm-hmm. So addiction, when it gets in the way of your everyday life, when it's detrimental to everything around you, that's when it becomes, uh, um, you know, a negative thing. So let's address that and say, can I see things um, through this addiction? Can I see things that the bad things are happening or the is the addiction telling me that the only thing I need to worry about is what I'm missing?
0: Hmm. I'm glad you said that, too, because that that what you just did was describe the the. The spectrum mm-hmm. of of, yeah. of that of that love addiction because you're thinking on on one end of the spectrum it's that you know I want that feel good endorphin, uh, oxytocin type mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. but then the other end of that spectrum is um, I associate love with toxicity mm-hmm. and so that's what I need I'm really glad you said that and for those of you that are listening you really have to begin to two things that you pulled out that I that I like you have to really begin to kind of dig deep and and make those Mm self-assessments right the other thing that I love you said that you said is that and I'm gonna say it in my own words you can't listen to everybody right you cannot listen to everybody because folk will have you plan yourself basically you know what I mean and, yeah. and having you doing things and 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 remaining in things or making decisions that are actually detrimental to you mm. and you're making the decision off of their point of reference mm-hmm. not your own I appreciate that you gave that that spectrum because I, I believe that that will be helpful for folk that are listening that kind of get stuck in sort of a one-dimensional type of diagnosis mm-hmm. right um that's good. You also, um, <laughs> you weren't talking about this, but you were saying something about a book, and um, it just made me think that I, I definitely wanted to touch on this as well. I really want to. Now, don't give me the whole thing because we gotta. We need people to buy this book.
3: <laughs>
0: but, dear future wife,
1: a man's guide and a woman's reference to healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. Excellent.
0: Listen, I, what I want, right. I, I don't want you to give anything away at all, but what, what I want you to kind of touch on as it relates to that, cause we're talking about love addiction, right. And we're talking about the things that you need to do as it relates to, you know, making moves towards that. It's important that for those of you who are listening, that may be single, the mistake that, and our listeners know this, cause you and I talk about it all the time. The mistake that you and I made was that there was a piece of the preparation process mm-hmm. that we I won't say we ignored, but we, we did just a little bit Well yeah, we ignored we to a certain degree and some yeah. of it was ignorant, some of it was
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know just us being us, mm-hmm. you know, young and dumb.
3: yeah
0: but there's there's a a part of this that is crucial as it relates to the prep work. That can help individuals miss some of these pitfalls. So, just talk about what was the inspiration behind putting together "Dear Future Wife."
2: So, in so we go back to my story, my journey, right? Mm -hmm. And this idea of I also told myself once I got to college that I was going to find my wife, we're going to get married, we're going to have the White House, the picket fence, dog, all that. Mm -hmm. So. I dated with that thought process. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I dated without the knowledge of understanding I needed to get to know someone before I claim them as my wife mm-hmm. and stop operating as a husband when I really don't have the skills and really don't have the wherewithal wow. or know it, what happens. Mm-hmm. And so I jumped into this relationship long distance and I was hyper focused. I was committed. I'm in college there they're in Maryland. I'm in Tennessee and I'm faithful. I'm letting everybody know on campus and people knew me on campus. And I'm like, really like a stand up guy. And eventually I started to take on the role as like what a husband would do to provider. So I moved her from Maryland to Tennessee to go to school with me mm-hmm. and she cheated there. Mm. And I was like, oh, it was devastating because again, the whole campus knew who I was and knew how I operated on that campus. Mm-hmm. I was with basketball. The guy she cheated with was with football. And I found out later on that there were some things that this particular woman had been been through that kind of made, you know, her make poor decisions and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that, you know, I can't get into. But for me, that was a total shutdown. Oh, right? wow. So I was, oh, no. And I didn't have anybody to go to to talk about it. Mm. I didn't have my parents. They mm-hmm. didn't they couldn't have any. They didn't have any words to say it. Um, I went back and I talked to some of my homeboys and they told me some things. And it was like, but we thought that you could be the person that changed her life. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's not my responsibility. Right. But I didn't know that. Like I would have proceeded with precaution. But again, I was young and I didn't know what I was doing either. Mm-hmm. So um, from that point on, I said, you know what? I'm not giving my feelings and my emotions and these things that I I feel like a wife deserves or a woman deserves or a man should give to a woman because it can hurt. So let me start writing. Hmm. But I also let anybody that I was dating at the time, like this is where I'm at, like i'm i'm just i'm i'm hurt i'm not doing this but i'm like 1920 mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i had the wherewithal to know that i'm not there but i'm still so and and then on top of that anytime we got close i would sabotage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I started writing like dear future wife you know i feel this type of way like this This. i want to be vulnerable i want to be um I, I need a safe space um I need you to talk a certain way i'm going to talk a certain way like we need to address the problems together uh and so i just started writing that and then it turned into it went from my journal to a blog to a book Mm.
1: So and some of
2: them i've interviewed because i'm also in school so i'm also learning the psychology of relationships too Mm -hmm. right i'm I'm implementing that into my writing and then i'm also having um, like some stuff that's happened in relationships after postgraduate, when I'm in my practice or when I'm in social work or what am i doing. Mm-hmm. And so I was taking different experiences online. I was reframing them mm-hmm. to show people this another way how to operate in relationships. Like specifically, um, this uh, topic I love talking about is I've never been married, but I had several divorces. Wow. So I talk about how the impact of a breakup when you invest a lot whether you invest in, you know, you guys have houses together, the emotional investment, the psychological mm-hmm. investment, mm-hmm. The financial, physical, all those investments. Like we're putting all in without, you know, the the title or the experience of marriage, but it's still that breakup can really devastate you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Without and sometimes the legal process is in there too if you have yeah. property together.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly.
2: So I was just talking about what that loss feels like. Mm. And how to recover from that loss, and how we need to set up the boundaries so we don't put ourselves in that same position the next time we get into a relationship. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. And I never, it's interesting you would say that, right? I never, I never made that connection, Mm -hmm. right? That what you feel is equivalent to that. You know what I mean? It is. That's true. I think back on some, just some experiences that, that we've had individually, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and and the toll that it took, yeah, um, on on both of us, and what we bring to our relationship as a result, right? Of mm-hmm. either not processing that correctly, or or just feeling like going back to the love addiction, feeling like that's what's supposed to happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Right. Um, yeah. That that's that's awesome. For those of you who are listening, I know people are probably like, man, well. You didn't really tell me what the book is about. We did that on purpose. Yeah, you need to purchase (laughs) the book. You got to go get it. You got to go get it. Um, Before we turn a corner, though, there is one thing that we normally ask individuals that work with uh, with couples and do therapy. Um, Just want to kind of pick your brain to see, um, you know, what you feel about that as well. Yeah,
1: if in your counseling and in your relationship recovery sessions, if you could pick out one thing. Is there a common theme that you see that seems to tends to come up a lot, or is more prevalent than at other in any other type of scene or theme?
2: Yeah, of course, communication. But that's surface level, just saying communication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I use this example because because people think that their relationship is supposed to go a certain way, Mm -hmm. like it's supposed to be perfect, and then we tell ourselves, "Oh, it's not going to be perfect." I get it, but then when that thing keeps popping up. If we can't address it, we feel like we need to, we're at a crossroad if it's not egregious. But it's that that one is such couples will have two, two or three, maybe four things that will just never get resolved within that relationship. Mm-hmm. So you ask yourself, can I love you more than that disconnect? Wow. And what I use this example, and because this is something that happened to me, so I, I just play basketball. So I have a, a slight tear in my meniscus in my left knee. Mm-hmm. It's not enough to get surgery. There's nothing. It's not just going to go away. And I couldn't do anything. So I went to physical therapy and they said, well, that can't be fixed, but you can strengthen the muscles around that tear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the calf calf is strong, the thigh is stronger, Mm -hmm. but the knee won't be repaired. So I asked couples, you have to strengthen the things around that one particular thing because that won't get resolved. Is that are you going to be able to do that? Are you going to be able to say, you know, despite this thing, I love you and this relationship can work. I know you need this. I can't give that to you, but I know you're not going to search outside the relationship to get it. This is one of the things that just won't get resolved. You just won't be able to get within this marriage.
0: Hmm.
1: That is a is that great analogy. Let
0: me tell you something. That That's great. That's a major
1: and you know what trade else secret is, it is it's a huge <laughs> trade secret and you know what else I love about that is that you are validating the fact that there are just some things that cannot be resolved and I think a lot of times we go into relationships thinking that even if we go to therapy we can resolve everything mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't don't I guess realize that there are some things that just will not be able to be resolved.
0: Right. And then, and, and then the flip side, if you will, is that instead of saying, okay, this thing, this position that we're standing on right now, because it can't be resolved, we're done. Mm -hmm. There are some things around that, some supporting elements, if you will, Right. <clears throat> that can be strengthened so that we can continue down this journey. So great. That's freeing for some folks. Yeah. Man, mm-hmm. that's gold. That's I great. absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great place to turn a corner.
1: Yeah, that was that was good.
0: Man, that Very was good. good. That was good. OK. So so listen, there there are a lot of things <clears throat> we have not even scratched the surface mm-hmm. with Bashe. And we will give you an opportunity to, to be able to connect with him. We'll talk about that in a second. But we want to play a quick game with you before we let you go. Okay. There's nothing you got to think about. It's easy, I, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing?
1: It's called the 60-Second Think Fast, and right. I'm going to give you 10 questions. And each question has a choice of two answers. You have to pick one answer out of the two oh. an- answers. For example... What's your favorite color, blue or green? And you have to pick one of those colors. There are 10 questions like that. Ollie is going to set the timer for 10 seconds. 60 seconds. 60 seconds. Sorry. (laughs) 60 seconds. My bad. You're making it impossible. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to try and get through this. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready?
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Here we go. See the movie or read the book. See the movie. Summer or winter? Summer. Morning person or night owl?
2: Morning person.
1: Uh, Small town or big city?
2: At this age, small town.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Car or truck? Truck. Gym or outdoor exercise? Gym. Tropical island or ski resort?
2: Tropical Island.
1: Action movie or comedy? Action movie. Baseball or football? Football. Try a new dish or play it safe?
2: Try a new dish.
1: Awesome.
0: Nice. We had a lot of time. Very we did not even need a timer. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We have a need a timer. Wow, at all.
1: we appreciate you so much Indeed. for your time. This was invaluable, and we really, really appreciate all of the knowledge that you brought. Yep, to Yeah, a
0: lot of nuggets in, in a small amount of time. I I I hate to put you on the spot, but I I may have to get we may have to get you in again, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one more um, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, Basse does so many things for those of you that are listening. Um, if you're not familiar with him, uh, you You
1: need to be following him.
0: Yeah, you have to be. Um, for those of you who are familiar with him, you know that he was uh, featured on HBO and has been on Mm -hmm. ABC and NBC and Fox and has Mm -hmm. done several things um, uh, in media. Um, if you are following him already, you know that there are many nuggets that are dropped on a consistent basis. But for those of you who may not be familiar, let us know how we can get a hold of you. How can we follow you? Where can we get the book? All of those types of things that you may have coming up. Go ahead.
2: Absolutely. So on Instagram, I am Bashe Williams. You can follow me there. That's B-A-S-H-E-A Williams. Also go to my website where I have everything on there, where you can book me, I have all my blogs, resources, what I do, um, and that's at bachewilliams.com as well. It has a ton of information, how to contact me, um, and just to see what's coming up. Nice. Awesome, I love
0: that. that. That is awesome, and we will have as we as we always do. We will have all of that information in the show description. Listen, this was um, this was great. Really, good. I um, I I did good. Right. Because I, I'm known to try to extend time and keep <laughs> our guests forever. Um, <laughs> but we would love to to um, to have you again at some point, because there's so many things that you do. And, and um, w- for those of you that are listening, when you begin to follow him, you will understand what we mean as it relates to just his passion for mental health and and for for men's studies and for for couples there's just so many things that he is involved in and, and has a hand in as it relates to uh being inspirational and 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 therapeutic not just inspirational but actually giving you some tips and tools and guidelines um, to allow you to navigate this journey in a better way so we thank you so much thank you thank you thank for you. your time we appreciate it and um, go follow this guy and get that book yes this has been another episode of trade secrets make sure you visit www.denali.org for more engaging content and for other ways to connect with oliver and denise also don't forget to subscribe and share this episode until next time god bless